The United States and UK ban Russian oil imports. We go over the latest Apple event, cover the biggest analyst calls of the day, dig in to those Dick's Sporting Goods earnings, and Bain Capital Ventures launches a $560 million crypto fund. This is the Running With The Money Briefing. Let's get into it. What is up and welcome to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing powered by Pounding The Table. Either way, we have to get right into what the world is going on within the market today. It is a very volatile day throughout the markets. The Dow Jones is currently down 24, NASDAQ up 40, and the S&P 500 down 6. But at one point, the Dow Jones was up just about 500 points on the day, and this morning it was significantly to the downside. So a crap ton of volatility throughout the market today. Some very big and quick moves, and it's definitely a market uh, that you want to be nimble in, that's for sure. But getting into the headlines of the day, by far the biggest headline coming out of the White House U.S. government, and of course also the UK. So what in the world is going on? President Joe Biden, according to Bloomberg, other sources, and the White House itself, said that the United States will be banning imports of Russian fossil fuels, including oil. So today, President Joe Biden announcing a ban on Russian imports of fossil fuels, including oil. Now, Shifting into the nitty-gritty details of this announcement. Now, under his ban, it will apply immediately to new purchases, according to senior administration officials and Bloomberg reporting. It is also important to note that the United States will also be allowing a 45-day period in order to slow down the deliveries of existing orders, or at least get those existing orders through and then come to a hard stop. Now, shifting into what else President Biden has decided to do today when it comes to Russia and Ukraine. President Biden today also announced that he is banning U.S. investment in Russian oil energy. Um, in, in essence, basically, he's saying, look, you cannot invest in the Russian energy sector whatsoever if you are in the United States. And this was confirmed by the Treasury and State Departments that they will be upholding this executive order from President Biden. Now, simultaneously, we have the UK saying that they are going to match this move and they are going to be banning Russian oil imports, but they aren't going as far as we are. In fact, the UK is going to allow and continue the import of nat gas and coal from Russia. So the UK not going as far, but insofar the rest of Europe is not following the United States and UK into this ban on Russian oil import. So that is something to note. And of course, that is because of Europe's reliance on Russian energy. And we're going to get into that in a minute. Now, this is exactly what President Biden said on quote today in a statement. The United States is targeting the main artery of the Russian economy. We will not be part of subsidizing Putin's war. So he's taking a pretty hard line there and now banning Russian oil imports in the United States and investment in the Russian energy sector. Now, shifting into some data when it comes to Russian oil imports, Over the previous years, this year and last year, you take a look and actually, according to Bloomberg, Russian oil made up only about 3% of all the crude shipments that arrived in the United States last year, 2021. But if you take a look at this year and you include other petroleum products, such as the unfinished fuel oil that can be used to produce 
diesel, and gasoline, two very important components of U.S. energy, Russia actually accounted for, according to Bloomberg reports, 8% of 2021 oil imports. Now, you take a look at 2022, and according to intelligence firm Kepler, that number has actually dropped to the slowest annual pace we have seen since 2017. And once again, this is all according to a Bloomberg-reported article and the White House. So some very big data, some very big moves coming out when it comes to Russian oil imports. And of course, you saw oil moving to the upside today on this announcement out of the United States and UK. And some quick data on Europe when it comes to Russian oil and Russian energy and the reliance on it. So Europe, in a comparison, actually imports roughly 4 million barrels per day of Russian crude oil and other refined products. That's according to Eurostat data, which is massive. And Russia was the source of 27% of Europe's crude oil imports in 2019, according to the European Commission and Bloomberg reporting. So some very big time, very much just an insane amount of reliance on Russian energy and Russian oil when it comes to Europe, but the United States making the big move that many were not anticipating. Many were saying that this was not going to happen because the administration simply did not want to create even more um, price fluctuations to the upside in oil and within the energy market, but the Biden administration making this move. So it's definitely something to pay attention to, and it's definitely something to continually monitor as the Ukraine and Russia conflict is wreaking havoc globally. Now, shifting into this big-time Apple event, um, it was pretty much covered up. I think this was probably the first Apple event that I've experienced in which there wasn't like a crap ton of hype and it's likely because of what is going on in the news and what's going on in the markets and of course uh, the conflict in Russia and Ukraine that's really what all the media attention has been on so not many people talking about this Apple event today but there were some big announcements so we're going to cover this real quick so out of Apple they actually announced that they will be airing two exclusive major league baseball games on Friday nights and this is Apple's first entry into live sports Uh, streaming area, you could say. So this is some big time news is really what it is because we haven't seen this from Apple whatsoever. We've never really seen them streaming live sports, um, which is, you could say, powered by Apple. We've never seen this and this is definitely something new for the company. So it's going to be something to pay attention to. And they will be airing those games in the United States, Canada, Australia, Brazil, Japan, Mexico, South Korea, the United Kingdom, and Puerto Rico. Um, So actually quite a bit of countries involved in this stream. And it is also important to note that you do not need an Apple TV plus subscription and it will be free through local broadcasters and Apple TV. So some very interesting announcements coming out of Apple. They also announced some updates to the iPhone, adding two new colors to the iPhone 13. They also introduced a budget iPhone SE, which is very similar to the version we saw in 2020, except it has that A15 processor, and it is 5G capable. It will be retailing for roughly $429 and will hit the shelves on March 18th. They also announced a new iPad Air with that new M1 processor, 
processor that you see in the more pricey iPads, um, and that will be in its mid-range iPads in the iPad Air. That will be costing $599, um, but you can add, of course, additional storage in the many Apple upgrade ways, but that will also be hitting shelves on March 18th. And then their final major announcement was a new Mac Studio. It's that Mac with no screen. It's just a box, pretty much. It's a little box. It's a little PC. And um, that will be pricing at $1,999 or $3,999, depending on the version you get. And they also announced a 27-inch 5K resolution monitor for $1,599. So some big stuff coming out of Apple today, some big announcements. In the biggest headline coming out of this event was the MLB streaming deal and, of course, that budget 5G iPhone. Now, shifting away from the Apple event, we have to get into the biggest analyst calls of the day. The first of which is out of Barclays reiterating Rivian as equal weight. Now, what in the world did the firm have to say about Rivian? They go on to say, quote, the optimist in us is hopeful for a relief rally once expectations are properly reset. But the pessimist in us tells us there's more pain to come as consensus falls closer to our revised sales and margin forecast. So pretty much Barclays is saying, look, guys, once things reset, we are confident in this name. But throughout the sell off, we are likely going to see um, some pretty brutal price action. Now, shifting into Jeffrey's upgrading Caterpillar to buy from hold, the firm went on to say, quote, recent turmoil in Eastern Europe fundamentally reshapes global commodity markets driving structurally higher pricing and after years of underinvestment, capacity, additions, and supply diversification will be necessary in both mining and oil and gas sectors through new projects will take time or though new projects will take time. So in essence, what Jeffries is saying here on Caterpillar in this upgrade to buy from hold is, look, guys, due to this conflict in Eastern Europe, there's going to be a lot of changes when it comes to the commodity sectors and when it comes to the oil and gas sector. And therefore, we believe that Caterpillar is going to see a lot of new business and therefore um, we are a buyer of them is in essence what the firm is saying. Now, shifting into JP Morgan, reiterating General Electric as neutral, the firm went on to say, quote, GE, or General Electric, screens a bit below average when it comes to exposure to the current geopolitical situation, which about average revenue exposure to Europe broadly, but a high-profile JVs in Russia and the hit to travel is probably a bit more exposed from the a revenue prospect here. So, JP Morgan pretty much saying, look, when you look at exposure to Europe, when it comes to General Electric, they have some exposure, but not a ton, but still enough to uh, obviously change some revenue numbers. And therefore, we are reiterating it as neutral is in essence what JP Morgan is saying there. We just went Bank of America downgrading Occidental Petroleum to neutral from buy. That's a name that has been running big time on the huge price increases in oil. Bank of America went on to say, quote, so all other things equal two-thirds of our PO increase and for Occidental is a function of the outsized spike in oil prices, which is clearly a function of an ongoing oil shock of uncertain duration. So in essence, what you were seeing here out of Bank of America is they're pretty much saying, look, guys, um, this name has run big time. We did call it right, but now we want to downgrade it to neutral. 
because you have seen oil rise so quickly and so fast and so high and you have seen Occidental follow that obviously because it is one of those oil related names that it's gotten a bit elevated here. It's gotten a bit stretched and therefore we are downgrading this to neutral from buy. Now, we also had a call out of Loop reiterating Amazon as a buy. The firm went on to say, quote, our framework illustrates a meaningful drop in unit economics during the pandemic as Amazon's fulfillment and transportation networks are absorbing wage increases, workforce inefficiencies under COVID protocol, labor shortages, and other supply chain issues. While these factors aren't normalizing, we expect the ramp in one-day shipping will continue to pressure unit economics. So in essence, what Loop is saying here is, look, guys, Amazon, it's a rock-solid company. They are a massive company. They cover that fulfillment and transportation network. And they cover everything. But they are going to see some issues when it comes to, for instance, labor shortages and workforce inefficiencies. And those issues, they're going to take time to normalize, but they'll eventually normalize. So Loop, liking what they see at Amazon, still saying there's some issues and there's going to be some issues, but overall, the company is great and they are reiterating it as a buy. And then finally, we had Atlantic Equities reiterating Coinbase as overweight, a crypto favorite. The firm went on to say, quote, while Coinbase Global significantly exceeded our expectations in 2021, weaker crypto prices and volumes suggest a slower start to 2022. However, in dissecting Coinbase's performance in 2021, we see strong momentum in its underlying trends that we expect to carry through into this year. So in essence, they said, look, guys, the headline numbers um, that are on the way for Coinbase aren't looking like they're going to be the best of the best, but the underlying trends for Coinbase look fantastic when it comes to those earnings and financial performance. Therefore, we like the name and its current price point is essentially what Atlantic Equities is saying here. Now, shifting into the earnings report out of Dick's Sporting Goods, they actually beat expectations, so we better cover it because it is one of those retail names, and obviously, retail is very interesting in this world where e-commerce has taken over. So, let's get into these numbers. They delivered an earnings per share of $3.64 for the quarter, beating the expectation of $3.43. Dick's also reported a net income for the quarter of $346.1 million, and that's compared with the same time last year quarterly net income level of $219.6 million, so an improvement there. On the revenue front, they delivered $3.35 billion in revenue, which is greater than the $3.31 billion expectation, and up 7.3% year over year from the same time last year level of $3.13 billion. So, an improvement both in earnings per share, net income, and revenue, very solid stuff there. On a two-year basis, sales actually climbed 28.5% at Dick's Sporting Goods. Same store sales, which measures revenue online and at stores open for at least 12 months, that actually came in or rose 5.9%, which is better than the 4.3% expectation from analysts. And then if you take a look into those numbers, um, that consisted of a 14% year-over-year increase in Dick's retail stores or sales at Dick's retail stores, but an 11% decline in that online revenue. So that is definitely a negative to pay attention to. Looking ahead for guidance for the full year, Dick's Sporting Goods and Management sees an adjusted earnings per share range or level range of $11.70 to $13.10, which is much better than the $11.31 that was expected by analysts. And it also sees those same store sales actually down 4% to flat. So not the best number there, but overall, 
a pretty darn solid quarter in guidance out of Dick's Sporting Goods. And then our final headline of the day is actually out of Bain Capital Ventures launching a $560 million cryptocurrency fund. Now, what in the world does this all include? So Bain Capital Ventures is actually one of the world's largest startup investment firms, according to Bloomberg. They are launching a $560 million fund specifically focused on crypto-related efforts, and this is all per Bloomberg reporting. Now, the fund closed in November, and the firm has actually been already invested in almost, if not more than $100 million throughout a dozen efforts. So this is some big-time stuff in the crypto space. Who in the world is going to be running this fund? Well, Stephen Cohen, who is actually already a managing partner at Bain Capital, will run the crypto-specific fund. It is called the BCV Fund 1, and it is their first fund focused solely on the cryptocurrency market. They have been investing into the cryptocurrency space actually for the last seven years, but now they're putting even more money into this space. They are well known within the cryptocurrency space because Bain Capital did invest quite a bit into big big names in the crypto space, such as BlockFi or decentralized finance lender, Compound, or even Digital Currency Group. So they have definitely been investing in this space for years. We did get commentary out of Mr. Cohen himself, Stephen Cohen, who's going to be running this fund. Once again, he went on to say, quote, we become quite high conviction. We are at the beginning of a multi-decade technology shift. We really needed a dedicated team and a dedicated fund structure. That's really what led to the addition of Bain Capital Crypto. And then we got commentary out of Alex Evans, who's also a managing partner at Bain Capital Crypto. He went on to say, quote, we are fundamentally a long-term oriented 10-year fund. We are taking a very long view. We are unfazed and in some ways uninterested in short-term market gyrations. We embrace the uncertainty of this market. We are long-term believers. When the certainty is there, it might be too late for this market. So, Some big stuff, some big investments within the cryptocurrency space coming out of Bain Capital Ventures. Once again, another example of even more adoption and even more institutional money going in to the cryptocurrency industry and broadly speaking, the Web3 world. But either way, shifting away from the biggest headlines of the day, that is the show. And I want to thank you all for listening. Once again, we're very happy to be back to the Daily Briefing But until we are back with tomorrow's episode, I ask you this. Please go give my boys over at Pounding the Table a listen. Go check them out. They are producing some of the best financial content around. They had some big-time star guests on throughout the past few episodes. So go check them out on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts at Pounding the Table. Also, please give me and my team a follow at Running With The Money on Instagram and Facebook or follow me on Twitter at Luke Donay. At me, comment on my post. What do you want to see in the show? What do you want us to cover in the show day to day? And what guest would you like to see on the show itself? Until then, easily profit, trade on, and I will see you tomorrow. 